You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Rodgers lets it fly, has Watson, he's got it on his feet and he's in for the touchdown! That might be the biggest catch of this young receiver's career. Christian Watson, you can see him, it's just press man. They talk about his speed, his ability to get behind the defense. It's just a matter of can he catch it. That's a great job tracking the ball. He just took a big sigh of relief. Look at his buddies greeting him on the sideline, man. That's got to feel good. What's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. Or, yeah, and you can uh, find us on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can tell I've done a, several of these streams today, right? You can email us at Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And you can uh, text the show at 865-658-5824. Jacob, man, it's been a day. We're trying to pump out some extra content for the guys and gals. And I've been breaking down film. I've been looking back at the uh, the documentary slash podcast of, of play callers. Um Man, it's been a wild one today. How's your day been, buddy? It's been good. I've been uh, I've been up since 4 a.m., went to work. But what's nice about my job is I get to listen to as much podcasts as I want while I'm working. So, yeah, I cranked out. I got to episode four of Play Callers, um, and it's, it is really – it's amazing. <laughs> I only wish that I could find a um, – like, is there a video version? Because it sounds like it was made for video. Just I had all the, the splicing question, and all that kind of stuff. It just I, I could sit there and I would binge that thing and watch it for hours. But um that being said, I'm good. Do you know is it is there a video portion or not? I don't know, man. I feel the same way. If there is one, I don't know about it. But as I'm watching, I'm sitting there going, This feels like an NFL films documentary. Like there's yeah. there's gotta be a video version to it somewhere. There has to be. Um yeah. I know that you can subscribe to the athletic for like less than a dollar a month and you get full access to it. Maybe there's a video there. I don't know. Um, you would think if there was a video, it would be on Spotify though. And that's what I'm streaming it on. And it's just audio. So um, I'm with you. I got the same vibe though. It's just, it's excellent. And for those of you uh, hanging out here in the chat, watching live on YouTube and Twitter, I'm going to be going live later with Dusty Evely. And we're going to be talking about that very uh, podcast series. And uh, I'm just like Jacob said, man, it's hard not to binge it. I've, I've, Jacob, I've got a guilty confession here, bro. I've, I've listened to it now all the way through three times and I'm ready to listen to it again. Like it's, <laughs> there's so many things you pick up on and it, to me, it set me at ease and kind of confirmed what I've been feeling the last, you know, couple of years is 
this this Shanahan top offense is growing and evolving every single day, every single year. It's it's constantly these guys are maneuvering to get a little bit of an edge and to, and to hear about how the quarters Fangio system really became popular was simply because of controlling explosive plays. I won't get into all that. We're going to get into it later, but um, man, it's, it is it's it's good. It's a heck of a heck of a yeah. listen. But what we're going to do here on this pod, guys, um, this is the Christian Watson episode. So just like the title says, we're going to just kind of look back on 2022, and we've seen a really cool article that came across through Packer Report. And, Jacob, who wrote that article? Man, remind me again who that was. <laughs> That's Dara Carragher. Dara Carragher. Dara. Yeah. Love and how it, you I mean, do that. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. That way, if it's screwed up, I can blame you, right? <laughs> hey, listen, I had it wrote down as David because <laughs> we get, before we go live, I'm like, Jacob, I'm glad you're here, bro. You caught that. I just glanced through and was like, okay, I want to give whoever wrote it credit and already screwed the name up. But just kind of real quick before we get into some of the, the you know, the exact numbers and this and that, what was your general takeaway from that article as you read it? Yeah. Um, and then just to be sure, I, it's from the Packer Report. Dara wrote that from the Packer Report. I don't know if I said that. I want to make sure we get that shout out in there. What really made me, I mean, I've, I've known that Christian Watson's a great player, an amazing player, especially through a fantasy football lens. We went through some of those numbers, especially when he turned on around week eight or week 10, whenever it was. But what I didn't really realize when you dive into the numbers of this, which, again, you'll, you can get into some of the more specifics, but just how much of an explosive player he is um, really at all aspects of the field, other than the fact that maybe he hasn't even really taken advantage of those short passes yet, hasn't really gotten just it's not a big part of his overall percentage of the routes that he's ran and where he's had success. And to think about that, that he hasn't really even unlocked any of those really easy dump offs, the short intermediate passes. And the, uh, that's pretty cool to think about that. A lot of his stuff is deep threats, um, crossers, you know, a lot of that deeper uh, vertical stuff on those route trees. But um, one thing that I did want to talk about quick, I know that you uh, were going to bring us some stats, but this one specifically, uh, it talks about how the hitch route isn't known for being. Um, a route that you see a lot of receivers typically have a lot of yak in or yards after catch for anybody that didn't know that. I'm sure you did. Uh, mm -hmm. But last season, the receivers gained a mere average of 2.6 yards after catch on hitch routes. It was the lowest of any route in the route tree. But Christian Watson, he garnished an impressive 6.8 yards per carry on the hitch routes. That was second most in the entire league, second to only Rondale Moore, which that's kind of cool to think about. Those yeah. aren't types of receivers, you know what I mean? So for him to be that elusive and shifty and be able to make that much out of nothing on those little hitch routes, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't, wouldn't have even thought about that without the article. And then you obviously reminded me that it was in there. Um, you just don't think of that with him, but he is a physical football player. You know, last year, I think we would all agree. He kind of looks skinny, right? He looks a little slim and, you, and you're a little worried. Okay. Is he going to be able to hold up? Um, but when you see him with the football in his hands and even blocking, He's physical. If they put a little muscle on him enough to not really slow down uh, that that top end speed and that quickness, I mean, this dude could be a force, man. I mean, he really he really can. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does in year two. And the big big takeaway for me with the Dara Carragher uh, article there with Packer Report is 282 routes. That's how many he ran, right? 79 go routes, which was 32% of his routes that he ran, 32%. 
of the 282 routes, which equals 79 routes, were go routes, right? If you added in, and, and Dara does a great job explaining this, if you added in the post and the corner routes, <clears throat> which is basically the three primary routes on the route tree that are considered, quote-unquote, vertical routes, if you added those two in with the go route, the post and the corner, then basically 50% of his routes were go routes, okay? So half of the routes he ran last year were basically that deep third and vertical top routes. And sometimes when you see, I've seen some people not saying that Dara did it, probably didn't, probably knows more about football than me, I'm sure. But sometimes you see people say corner route and it's actually a nine fade, right? And, and basically a go route with a little fade action. Sometimes there's so many, there's so many choice routes that go into the game today. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, people like to look at Kansas City and go, man, they're following their scheme. They're following their system, and that system's awesome, blah, blah, blah. B.S. If you watch what they do, it is choice route central. It's simply if they're not double teaming Travis Kelsey, then he's running a choice route, and Pat Mahomes is looking to get the ball to Travis Kelsey. It is the same exact thing that we did in Green Bay with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. So how did they win the Super Bowl? They're built a little bit different, right? And their special teams didn't completely <laughs> drop the ball. But yeah. we're getting past that, Jacob. We're getting past that. Um, the other thing that stood out, Jacob, was um, the average depth of targets for Christian Can I say Martin. something real quick about that last part? Yeah, absolutely. Just because you brushed past it, and I think maybe uh, this doesn't do him service. So when you talked about that 32% of the 282 total routes being go routes, mm -hmm. uh, his 32% the average reference for the league wide receiver was 24%. And then when you combine the three together, when you talk about Watson having that 50% of his total routes, the average league uh, receiver is 36%. So he is far and away way more explosive than pretty much any of the receiver, any average of any receiver. So he's up there with the best of the best. Absolutely. And that goes hand in hand with this next stat that, that Dara talked about. Average depth of target was 32.9 yards for Christian Watson. Okay. Now, what's the league average? Glad you asked. 25.9. So he basically, we threw the ball deeper than any other team in football last year. Think about that. Now, he, he goes on in the article to mention, well, of course, you've got Aaron Rodgers, who's got one of the best deep balls in the game, right? Um, now, when you look at Jordan Love, what is he known for? He's known for arm strength and accuracy deep. That was something that he, he you know, in college, he would miss on short and intermediate passes occasionally but almost always he was on point, on target with deep passes. Um, so it's something to think about. Again, average depth of target, um, 32.9 yards to Christian Watson, and the league average is 25.9. So that boy, he's catching – he ain't catching the ball 20, 25 yards and taking it for six. That ball is in the air. I'm talking about in the air when he's going downfield and catching it. He had a league-best 71% contested targets on go balls. Think about that, Jacob. League best, 71% of the time on contested go balls, he brung them down. And to the best of my knowledge, that was the best in the entire National Football League. And you can yeah. see it, man, over and over and over. Um, another thing was uh, his second most run route was the crosser route. He ran 40 crossers, which accounted for 16% of his routes ran. And according to Dara Carriger, he was fourth best on crossers, fourth, fourth most efficient on crossing routes in the entire league last year. So what you're seeing is a receiver who's going to stretch the field vertically and maximize his speed 
running crossers, right? So, you know, what are the routes you didn't run a lot of? Outs, hitches, curls. But like you pointed out, Jacob, even on hitch routes, does a great job breaking tackles, right? So it's uh, it's going to be interesting, man. You got a lot of tools to work with, a lot of tools to work with. And what I figured we would do is kind of go to some 2022 game tape. Now, I'm, I don't want to call this a chalk talk episode. We're gonna, it's going to be a little bit looser. When I do chalk talk, I typically do it by myself, and there's a lot more verbiage. But we're going to lay a little bit of foundation for each play. I want to get your take on it, Jacob, as we go through. And let's just kind of see how this thing uh, unfolds as far as what happened in 2022. I'm going to go ahead and share the screen here. And uh, you can see this, right, Jacob? Yes, sir. And like we did offline, if you want to maximize it so you can see a little better. For those of you uh, listening on the pod, we're going to do the best we can to explain exactly what we're seeing on screen. And, and really the goal isn't so much to show the plays as it is for us to all come away and go, what are the commonalities? Where did he line up? What were they trying to do as far as conceptually? What were they trying to do as far as deploying him on the field? And how successful was he at those things? And what's crazy is I just took six plays. I had about 15 I could have used. I took six plays. The first six that would load into my Google Drive are the ones I chose. So these weren't cherry-picked or anything. And when you look at it, it goes hand-in-hand hand with the information we just talked about on go routes and crossers. So let's start off right here. This was against the Patriots, Jacob. I remember this game well. I was up in Sleepy Hollow, New York, and you uh, held the ship down for me for the post-game show. I remember calling in from a uh, one of the oldest uh, pubs in the history That's of the right. country, and That's you right. guys were fired up over this win. I remember it. Do you remember this first touchdown, this jet sweep? Yes, I do. Uh, it was it was kind of the coming out party before the the major coming out party, right? So let's let's kind of talk about what we see here. Packers going from left to right on the screen. They're in an eleven A strong left bunch. Some people have nicknamed this. I've heard other people call this on websites bunch X nasty. Okay, it's kind of the, the and that's a perfect example of when you guys hear me say eleven A strong left bunch. What I'm telling you there is it's 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end. It's an ace formation, which means it's a single back. Ace is one syllable as opposed to two being in the word single back. And then strong left bunch means the tight end is on the left side, and that's going to be the bunch side, which means there's going to be a cluster of three receivers, including the tight end, which means you've got a boundary X opposite side. So um, they're going to just real simple here, run a Z-Jet reverse. And what you're going to notice is the Patriots are showing – uh, two high man coverage. That's what they're showing out of the gate, but they're actually sugaring. It's actually cover one man. And I want you to watch as this unfolds. The ball is snapped. Of course, pre-snap motion. Bang, there's the jet reverse. And look at Romeo Dobbs throwing a beautiful block right there, number 87. But, Jacob, watch. look at the two safeties up on the shelf. You see how they're shaded to the bunch side, right? And then watch. It looks like too high look, right? And as soon as the ball is snapped, this is what Belichick yeah. does. Right here, as soon as that motion takes off, as soon as Christian Watson takes off, what do you see the safety do? He slides over because he knows that's we know that's man coverage now. So they slide into their single high look, single high man. And the Packers, it was a perfect play call, perfect setup, right? You could go outside zone on the left side, but they got the edge established pretty well there, right? So what are you going to do? You're going to run this jet reverse. And then, of course, the uh, edge defender on the bottom is lost. He doesn't know whether to crap or go blind. So what's he do? He closes one eye and farts. Look at him. He's lost. <laughs> it looks like the safety that was rotating out. He read it perfectly, but just Dobbs came down on that perfect block. And that's exactly – you can see Dobbs. He's like going, okay, if I don't have anybody else here, I'm going to walk this corner out. But instead, he sees the safety come up and bang. Perfect. And it slots out, man. There's your first – that was his first touchdown. Am I thinking right? That was his I, first touchdown of the year? God, you want to say that's true? Was that week three? 
Oh, I can't remember. No, no. I can't remember. Regardless, this is this is the one I remember as the first, just simply because it was like, all right, we're getting Christian Watson on the end around. And there you see it again. You see the safety a little bit better here. Watch the rotation. Safety rolls down. He's like, oh, crap. He knows it's either going to be a quick swing pass to Christian or it's going to be a reverse. And by this time, he knows, okay, he's got the ball. It's a foot race. But look at Dobbs. Bang. I like too if you go back to the front of the the snap of the play, Dobbs sells the run still until it's time to throw that block. So that if you watch that, the cornerback actually gets out of his shoes. He like if when he makes his break, yeah. he's still he's he's stumbling backwards. Right there, he gives him a little outside jab, right? Yep. And he's got to kind of, and, and why does he have to stay at home right there? Why does he got to protect it? Because he knows he doesn't have any help over the top. If they go nine fade right there and kind of go to the corner of the end zone, he he's got to protect deep. So that's why he stumbles there. Dobbs that's picks actually, up the block. That's, that's a pretty great. play right there, dude. That's, that's exciting. And this this wasn't even mentioned in the article we just talked about. Again, this is just simply using that speed around the end. Great scheme call. And again, I got to keep saying it. I want people to understand what I'm talking about. This was not an Aaron Rodgers offense. This this is Matt Lafleur's offense. This is what I'm talking about right here. So uh, again, that was 11A strong left bunch. Bunch X Nasty is the nickname. It's a little Z Jet reverse. So there you see Christian Watson playing the Z. Anything you want to talk about before we move on to the next one, Jacob? No, like I said, I just thought that was a super – when you think about the fact that Dobbs is a, a very raw rookie at this point, and he's wise enough to, like I said, sell the fake, crack down and make the block, set up the whole touchdown for our other rookie. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, no, he he seemed like a very selfless player. When Dobbs made mistakes or or he fell short of maybe what the mark should have been his rookie year, it, it had nothing to do with not wanting to do the right thing or not having uh what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Not taking responsibility and 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 wanting to succeed. There, there's nothing about his game that I looked up at Romeo Dobbs and said that was lazy. Not one second of game footage. If he made mistakes, he made them because he's a raw rookie. It wasn't because he was loafing or afraid to get physical or any of that. I, I thought the kid impressed. I want to see him take a step, though. Again, to me, he played way better than his draft position. That's the way I look at Romeo Dobbs. Some people are already talking about him being a legit number two wide receiver. I got to pump the brakes on that. To me, it seems like he graded out in the three to four range. But if he takes that step into number two, and Christian Watson establishes himself as the number one this year, and you add in Jaden Reed with all that speed who can play X, he can play Z, he can play slot, he can play in a black backfield, whatever, then now we're cooking for gas. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's going to be Luke Musgrave, too. There's many of these plays, Jacob, that I've looked at, dude, and I go, where Christian's lined up right now, if we put him where Lazard was and put yeah. Musgrave where Christian was with similar speed, and when I say similar speed, I'm talking about on-the-field speed, 20-mile-an-hour speed. Guys, they were clocked in the same ballpark as far as miles per hour on the field through next-gen stats. Okay, so don't kid yourself into thinking that Christian Watson is just 10 times faster than Luke Musgrave. On the field with pads, it's a lot closer than that 40-yard dash would, uh, would you know, I don't know, would, uh, would kind of lead you to believe. But if you were to do that with Luke Musgrave, now you're showing 12 personnel in a situation like just now where it would have been 11 personnel. I'm not suggesting you get Luke Musgrave on the reverse. I'm simply saying in any of those spots where you see Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb, if you replace them with Luke Musgrave, that now becomes 12 personnel, which may trigger the base package for the defense until Luke Musgrave 
proves he can play at this level and that speed is elite, that would then force defenses to go into their nickel or their what we call big nickel where they may replace a linebacker with a safety as opposed to a corner. So right. uh, these are the little things that matter. Yeah. What's that? No, I was just going to say just for reference, right, uh, last play was week uh, week 10. I'm sorry, week four, this upcoming play will be week 10 against Dallas. Gotcha. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. So this situation here, this was uh, the Packers came out. It's a third and one. They came out in 11A, strong left bunch. There you hear it again, bunch X nasty. It's a third and one play, and they're going to run a strike concept. I'm not going to go into the details of what a strike concept is. Um, you guys, most of you probably know. It's not even important. Again, we just want to kind of marry this uh, this film study up to uh, – Dara Carriger's uh, article and talking about the goes and the crossers. Okay. So here we go on this play. Uh, again, this is against the Cowboys. It's going to be a strike concept. It's going to be a play action go route to Watson. So I want you to look at the bottom of the screen. Watson is lined up as the X. Okay. He's down here, right here. Okay. And what you see, I want you to look at the down and distance, third and one. Look at the box, Jacob. See how the bait, the, the, the box is absolutely loaded. Yep. Now, what's crazy is the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator. Um, gosh, his name is slipping my mind right now. Dan, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember it right now. Yeah, he was in Atlanta for a while. I've got so many names in my mind. I've been breaking down all the whole coaching tree. Dan Quinn, right? Not Dan yeah, Quinn. Dan Quinn. Yeah, that's it. Dan yeah. Quinn, right? Um, so understand, he was the defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks when they created that cover three buzz with yep. the Legion of Boom. Well, he goes over to Atlanta, he takes that cover three there, and it flops. And later on, when I talk to Dusty, we'll explain why, because the wide zone took off uh, in the league, and it really put that cover three, that that uh, that Legion of Boom type defense, it put it out of business for right now, not saying it won't come back. And that's what kind of triggered a wide nine quarters look. Okay, so Dan Campbell, when he – not Dan Campbell, but Dan Quinn, <laughs> when he yeah. was in Atlanta – ran that cover three, and he lost his job pretty quick, especially after his offensive staff with Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, all those guys left town for their promotions in, in other cities. Now, with Dan Quinn, when he went to Dallas last year, he switched up to a man coverage. This is what we're talking about, how many people would say, okay, Dan Quinn's in Dallas. They're running Seattle's uh, Legion of Boom defense. Wrong, because the league constantly changes. It constantly yeah. evolves. The same way that McVay evolved into 11 personnel, uh, you know, uh, offense. And Kyle Shanahan stuck with a 21 look after Atlanta. He didn't have a 21 look in Atlanta very much because he had all those receivers. These coaches want to put their best players on the field and put them in a position to do what it is they do well. Uh, but anyway, Dan Campbell playing a lot of man coverage. You see it right here. That third and one situation, they got the box loaded up. They're showing a single high look. They got one safety on the shelf. What Aaron's reading right here is man coverage. So you see he's going to sell the play fake. Again, this is a play action play. I'm going to just call it play action go to Watson. Okay, we won't worry about the other aspects of this play. But you see he sells the play fake. Look at this. Jacob, he knows exactly where he's going with the football as soon as he turns around. It's like, all right, you want to play single high? He's got Lazard kind of coming across on a little crosser in the middle. He Lazard's whole goal here is just simply to hold that safety in the middle of the field, and that's what right. happens. And then you see Christian Watson. Look at that speed, dude. And then the bend outside. That's a perfect freaking ball, too. These are the things we're talking about with Jordan Love. If Jordan Love can throw that ball, Jacob, the sky's the freaking limit for the Packers. And Christian just absolutely torching him. This is the best part right here, though, man, is, is watching against this loaded box. Again, he's playing X. Single high bunch side, 
the play action holds the safety, and then you just use speed. That safety has got to respect that play action. But look at Watson right here. <laughs> a little whoop. It'd be real easy. You, you could see so many times in the past a young receiver would just get into that streak. He would give it away. They'd flip the hips, and they'd run stride for stride. Even with his speed, he knows, you know what, right here, I'm just going to give him a little wiggle. And then watch, he gets inside, but why does Aaron up. throw to the outside shoulder? Because he knows it's single. It's a single high look. He knows that safety's in the middle. If he leads him on into the middle right here, that safety's going to pop him, right? Mm -hmm. But instead, what happens? He fades him outside, protects his receiver, beautiful pass. Jacob, right here, this is the look you want. Look at this guy swimming right <laughs> here. <laughs> and I love that if you notice, Watson, he purposely seems to shield and position his body perfectly so that the dude just can't even make a play on the ball. He knows that if he almost baits him, that he has that leverage where he then at the last minute sticks that hand out and yep. there's just no way the DB can make a play. He just, like you said, falls on his face and gets posterized. That's something <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even think about until you mentioned it too. Look at the late hands. Right. It's yeah. like he literally intentionally was baiting him to do that inside fall move and then just whoop, plucked it kind of like Devonte had those late hands. Yep. This is gonna be I'm like I'm I'm on a level now where like you said you almost it's 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 like a kid at Christmas when it's the night before and you're like this is too much I'm gonna have a heart attack like just please <laughs> please you know that's how I am what are we we're, I don't even want to get into it we're like a month week and a half away of oof. yeah 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 bro I'm I'm gonna try to sneak people in over there and just film practice so I can get my football fixed dude it's that's what I'm saying we're gonna start can we pay Herman or something or start paying <laughs> yeah. Ramage. Pay Ramage and some beer. Write that <laughs> off. We're willing. We're willing to write that off on our taxes. I don't know if he is though. So we have I to. I can picture. I can picture we paying Ramage to sneak in there like a ninja, like Beverly Hills Ninja with Chris Farley, just for some reason. Oh my god, <laughs> it's a classic. Must go, dude. <laughs> so what you seen on that play was what we talked about with the go routes. Thirty-two percent of his routes, seventy-nine total of 282 routes, 32% of them will go routes. That's what you've seen right there. So you're seeing what Dara was talking about in the article. All right, let's move on to the next play. This is a, a fourth and seven play, and this is against Dallas. This is a part of that big comeback, right? And what they're going to come out here in is an 11-gun, strong left nub bunch. Some people just call this bunch nub, okay? No, when Anytime you hear the term nub, nub is a tight end by himself on the line of scrimmage opposite the bunch, the trips, the tray, whatever the look is. So when you look at this, you'll hear people say the nub tied in, right? They're referring to this right here, this tied in on the bottom, okay? And we're going from right to left here this time. The bunch is at the top of the screen. And basically what you have here is, like I said, with the fourth and seven play, there's going to be a little switch action here. Anytime you have a switch concept, it just simply means that players are crossing over each other very close to the line of scrimmage and uh, and basically trying to confuse the DBs. That's what makes the bunch so hard to defend. You know, Jacob, the same way that offensive coordinators – have certain situations when it comes to down and distance. Like you've got your first and 10 play chart, right? You've got your second and long play chart. You've got your second and medium, your second and short, your third and long, your third and medium, your third and short. You've got specific plays to attack those down and distances. On defense, defensive coordinators have certain packages and certain plays designed to stop bunch, to stop, to, to, to stop, you know, you name the offensive formation, they've got it kind of labeled in a similar manner. If they come out and bunch, then their players on defense know, okay, here's the way we're going to attack it. And then as soon as they break out of the huddle, the mic 
is typically still on for 15 seconds. You may even hear the D coordinator tell them which play to go to, but they've got to have someone, a veteran on the defensive side of the ball, that they, whether they're wearing the the uh, the green dot or not on the helmet, meaning they've got the comm system to the defensive coordinator, they got to know here's what we're doing when they show bunch. Okay, that's why bunch has become so popular in the National Football League. But again, 11 gun, strong left nub, bunch. Some people call it bunch nub. Fourth and seven play. Game's on the line, man. You're down by 14 points. It's in the fourth quarter. This was just an excellent uh, comeback. If you guys want to put yourself in a good mood, go watch the Dallas game last year. That's what I do. Anytime I'm depressed, I put on the Dallas game. But what you're going to see here is a switch Z cross out and up, X dig cross or climb. Now, what we're going to talk about is single high man once again. So you can see the Packers were effective against single high man. Where they struggled is when they had two people on the shelf, two safeties on the shelf. But right here, you see the single high man. And as we roll it, this is all Watson right here. But I, I really want you to focus on the crosser. If you guys look, like I said, he's going to be the Z. Okay, so he's going to be the Z receiver at the top. And, and basically, this can get very convoluted as to who the Z, who the X is, the way I always understood it. And there's different principles and different offenses. Uh, basically, the X receiver is the receiver that's on the line of scrimmage opposite the tight end. Okay, so when you look up top here, this will be your X, right? Christian Watson would be your Z, and your slot would be right here. But you'll see the switch concept. We're going to roll it through on the on the uh, broadcast tape first, and then we'll go behind the scenes here, behind the line of scrimmage. But you can see, see them switch? See how they all cross, Jacob? Mm -hmm. That's what you call a switch concept, okay? And you see Christian take off, and I'm telling you, it's a beauty. First of all, Aaron Rodgers does a great job kind of resetting the pocket there, finding space to throw that ball. Again, there's nothing there that I don't think uh, Jordan Love can do. I see that throw, and I think, okay, Jordan Love can do that. He's got the pocket awareness to be able to step up right there and fire that ball. And you can see as it's converted here, man, perfect pass. Dude never had a shot because of the speed of Christian Watson. Now, here's the, the view from behind. Now, I want you to look at this switch. Tell me how you're going to defend this right here, Jacob. Watch this release. <laughs> <laughs> That's Is that quick, not man. wild, man? That's such good timing. It's, yeah. uh... Now, right here with Christian Watson. This cross or climb, some people call it a climb, some people call it a crosser, okay? Again, Dara in the article referred to it as a crosser, which, like we said, he ran 40 crossers, 16% of his routes. He was fourth best on crossers. This is one of them you can you can bet your butt it counted as a success in that percentage of, uh, of being fourth best on crossers. But watch Christian here. A young player that might not understand the game at the level that Christian does would just take this and turn it into a crosser. He'd go right here to you know and just cross his face and try to outrun him, right? Watch what he does, Jacob. He goes the high side. This poor DB, look at him yep. chasing himself, man. Like he's going up, up, up. <laughs> and look at the speed. Just running away. Beautiful yeah. ball right on the nine. Safety didn't have a shot. That single high safety didn't have a shot. That's how you attack single high man, is you've got good route runners with good athleticism and you beat them to the punch on that single high. Look at the single high. And he, you, you see him there, Jacob, how he kind of shifts right? See the safety in the back? Yep. He's yeah. way late on that. Yep. And the reason being – let me roll this over real quick before I get lost on this play. All right. The reason being, I'll show you in just a second. But, again, that's a beautiful pass by Aaron right on the money. Touchdown. Why do you think that safety did that? I want you to key in on something that I said. Uh, early in this play, the out and up. I said switch Z cross, out and up, X dig. The X receiver is going to run a dig route, right? He's going to try to walk him out. Now I want you to look at the slot here. 
the slot right here. I think it might be Randall Cobb. I can't remember who it Torre. was. Is it Torre? Okay. Yep. He's going to run a little out and up. Okay. Watch him on this play. Right. So he's going kind of out and then will it off. He turned it into a wheel route. Aaron could have went there. Right. But what's Aaron reading? Going back to this tape, watch that single high safety coming to the picture. He bots on the out and up, and that leaves Christian. That's all the space Christian Watson needs to make that play. That's what we're talking about and why it's important for receivers to run their route and run it efficiently, and it's why you see veteran quarterbacks like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, all these guys as they get older, they get so frustrated when people don't run the route uh, crisp or precise because it, it – it affects everything. If Samori Torre looks at that and goes, oh, I can't beat him on that out and up. I'm just going to run a sit route. That safety doesn't bite to the sideline. Maybe he cheats a half a step to his right, our left, and he makes a play on Christian Watson there, right? Yep. It's the, the little things about the game. Um, again, he was playing Z in that position or in that on that play, and he ran a crosser. Anything stand out to you there, uh, Jacob, on that that we didn't cover? No, I mean, it's just it's like almost watching a freaking – poetry man just watching the way that those three receivers get off the ball at the same time you know i will say as much as i won't really miss lazard you can see why maybe he was on the field because of just how precise i'm sure that lafleur needed that offense to run and it's encouraging to see that they had torrey out there um in a wasn't that a fourth and seven you said so like a very important situation they trust him in that bunch formation to get off the line and like i said just watch that it's like it's, it's it's really pretty yeah. It looks like deer, you know what I mean? Like how when you – I don't know if you guys deer hunt or whatever. Like if you ever make a noise, boom, they can like just snap in unison. It's crazy. Absolutely. And, you know, as you look at it here uh, back to the sideline cam, you see that Robert Tunyon is just going to throw a little chip block and he's going to leak out, right? Yep. I want you to imagine that being DeGuara or Robert Kraft, okay? Robert Kraft, listen. To Tucker. Tucker. <laughs> I can imagine Robert Kraft. <laughs> Could you imagine Robert Kraft's drunk old self out there trying to throw a chip block? <laughs> oh my God, I love it. So imagine that being, uh, imagine that being Deguara or Tucker Kraft there playing tight end, and you're probably going, "Well, why not Luke Musgrave?" Because I want you to imagine Luke Musgrave playing Lazard's position right here. Right, dude. Imagine him being a little bit taller, a little bit faster, quite a bit younger and more physical at the line of scrimmage if you decide to can to a running game or to a run play there. They they would have to make a decision. Are we treating number 88 like a receiver, or are we going to treat him like a tight end? Those are the things that defenses are going to have to take into consideration. Now, again, we got to curb the enthusiasm, me speaking to myself when it comes to Luke Musgrave, right? Tight ends very rarely make a huge impact their first year, but the ones who do have been some of the best, your Kittles, your Kelsey's, people like that. And people will say, oh, there ain't no chance that Luke Musgrave could be at that level. I hate to break it to you, but both those guys, if I remember correctly, were drafted later than Luke Musgrave. But right. What were you going to say, Jacob? No, I'm just imagining, like you said, if Musgrave is in that Lazard position and then obviously Watson's where he is and then Torrey is either, I don't know, Reed, Dobbs, or even Torrey. And imagine nope. what that safety, that single high safety is thinking as he sees Musgrave there <laughs> with Watson there, with maybe Reed or Dobbs there. I mean, the amount of – poo that's going in that dude's pants trying to figure out and it's the second that he watches because like you talked about musgrave hit 21 miles an hour like that's not lazard but he's taller and bigger than lazard so imagine having that that safety's mentality where he's like i have to watch that guy i have to bite on what he's doing that's even a bigger gap for watson to drive a truck through so i'm just excited 
Yeah, dude, it's it's exciting, man. All right, this next play, I'm not even going to read off what everything was supposed to be because this was literally called at the play, called on the field right here by Aaron Rodgers. He didn't wait on a play call. He didn't go, okay, we're going to huddle up. What he sees right here, Jacob, this looks like me going for another brownie in the kitchen, bro, right here. Look at these two big boys trying to get off the field, right? <laughs> and, and these again, these are the things that if Jordan Love – you know, studying under Aaron Rodgers for three years, if he can pick up on these things and we don't miss a beat in this regard, would be absolutely huge. But again, let's talk about what this is. Again, we're not going to tell you what the play is. It's just a quick no huddle, 50-50 ball. Aaron wants to catch them off sides. Too many men on the field. Bang, the snaps off. And now it's just a free play, right? So you see everybody. What are you doing on a free play, Jacob? Look at these receivers. They're gone. They're all going, <laughs> going to the end zone, right? So – Aaron does a good job buying a little bit of time, but what, let's go back to, to Dara Carriger's article, right? What did he say? League best 71% of contested targets were on go balls, right? And that was a league best for contested go balls. They converted, I think they said 71% of them. What's Five this? Out of seven, I think. It's a contested ball. <laughs> Christian Watson, dude. That's I'm going to add this. Actually, I don't have to add it in on the fly because they're going to show a replay. I was going to zoom in for you. But you see right here, and you notice the laundry right here, right? See the laundry yeah. on the field? Not only did they catch them with too many men on the field, but they also got defensive pass interference. They cheated twice and still lost, right? Look at that grab. Now watch this right here as we switch the camera. So right here, you know, he's going to run out of room quick. He looks, the ball isn't on its way. <laughs> Through the <laughs> Yeah, that was that was for the play before, you know, for earlier. Like I said, I think he ends up throwing his hat. One of the officials threw their hat because of this right here. You see this the pass interference, right? Because the ball's in the air. But watch Christian. He's thinking, okay, I'm gonna run out of room now. He hasn't thrown it yet. Let me give a little jab back in. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and now watch just enough separation, the awareness to keep your feet in bounds too, right? And then right. look at this fighting, fighting, fighting. Jesus. And he didn't even jump. That's that no. that's that huge frame, bro. Unbelievable. So, again, like Carragher said, league best 71% contested targets on go balls. So, you see that on the tape in 2020. Uh, anything you want to say there, Jake, before we uh, move on? No, I mean, like you said, for those that are on the podcast, you can't see. He he somehow makes an, a, a leaping grab, but you can't really call it leaping because the defender's actually grabbing him and holding his body down. So basically all he does is kind of extend through it and he doesn't get a real hop. So if he really had a chance to jump that ball, he could have, it would have been right in almost his, uh, his chest area. But the fact that he can just, like you said, he's so long, he's so athletic that he kind of just fell backwards and sprung at the last second with a little bit of momentum and he's able yep. to hit it right in the hands and pull it down. It's just, it's impressive. Definitely. And if we were going to if we were going to try to label a position that he was playing right here, he was definitely playing boundary X, in my opinion. He's playing X. It's a little bit tighter look, but it's definitely X. The tight ends on the right side of the field, it looks like. And Do you, you call got it a him. spread formation, just kind of a lazy spread formation. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's base. And what's what's crazy, look at Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, though, they're going to snap this quick. I ain't even got to get five yards behind the line of scrimmage. I'm just going right. to get right in Aaron's hip pocket and throw a block. A little, little protection. And, again, Aaron just directing traffic. Again, man, it, it, the first time that Jordan Love does that and confirms that he can, I'm going to be so freaking giddy, dude. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. So, all right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, th- can you see the timer right now on our screen, Jay? You probably yeah, can. We got 38 minutes. We're 38 minutes in? All right, good deal. We're going to wrap up quick here. we got two more plays. Um, all right, this one right here, this came in the third quarter. It was a second-goal situation against the Titans. We're losing big time, 20-9, to nine, uh, only two minutes left, two minutes and nine seconds left. We come out in 11A, strong left bunch. You, you're hearing that bunch more and more often, right? It's a second-goal from the eight. You're going to see a double fake. And it's it's a double fake from both the T and the slot. What do I mean by that? They're going to fake a revert. They're going to fake to the T, which is the halfback. They're also going to fake to the uh, the reverse as well. Okay, so they're going to do a fake there out of the slot, and it's basically going to be an X cross uh, slot uh, slot swing T leak. Okay, so let's kind of look at it here. As it unfolds, you'll see this is Matt Lafleur's offense again. This was not Aaron Rodgers's Mike McCarthy offense. Watch this. Look at all of that. Watch the linebackers, Jacob. They are lost, dude. They don't know what the heck to do. And what they're playing here, to the best of my knowledge, it looks like a quarter's coverage. So basically how it's going to unfold is you've got this guy covering a quarter of the field deep, this guy covering a quarter of the field deep, this guy covering a quarter of the field deep, and this guy covering a quarter of the field deep. And you've got three underneath that's going to be kind of protecting underneath. And they're going to play, they're going to play quarters, but they're kind of playing the goal line here as well. This is a Mike Vrabel special. So, again, you're going to see the fake to the running back, the fake to the reverse, and look at Aaron nail it in there on the crosser to uh, to Christian Watson. All right, now let's, this is where it gets fun, man. This is where it gets really, really fun. This is, this is all Watson, right? Both the left quarter, okay, the quarter deep dude on the far left, and the hook zone bot on the play action. 
So I think I've got it marked here in a second. So you've got Christian Watson in the X there. He's going to run a climb or a crosser, right? Now look right here as I mark it. As we go in, you see this guy right here where the X is at, Jacob? Yep. That linebacker. Watch him bite like crazy. And also keep an eye on this guy, but really watch on this linebacker as this fake starts. Watch him. Left. Oh, crap. Right. Oh, crap. Left. <laughs> <laughs> and, again, this the way that Mike Vrabel drew this up, what he's expecting right here is this guy to be playing this deep quarter and this guy to be playing right in here. So this should be covered, but it's all that eye candy, pre-snap or post-snap, really, with the, the fake reverse to Cobby. And then, of course, the fake handoff to the running back. Again, that linebacker lost, lost, lost. And then there's Christian Watson with the grab. That's, that's one of, another one of those crossers that Carragher was talking about. Good ball. That's a throw right there in a clean pocket, right? You see Aaron Rodgers step up. This isn't a deep throw. He's throwing this from, what, roughly the 15-yard line. So this is a 20-yard pass. There's no reason that Jordan Love can't throw that ball. No reason at all. So, again, Matt LaFleur's offense, this eye candy, that's what it's all about right there, man. Beautiful play. What do you think, Jacob? Uh, I mean, like you said, I just uh, – really, when you look back at it, a lot of these people that are saying how Christian Watson, you don't know what he's going to be and he could be a bust and all this, it's like, look at this tape, man. I mean, this dude, he's doing techniques and making, like you said, veteran-style veteran, veteran style chips and just little subtleties, and he just seems like he's – from where we thought he, I'll admit, you know, week one, when I called him out for, I'll still admit, like if he catches that ball, it's a different game. It may be a different mm -hmm. season, but for people that immediately threw him out of the bus, like mm -hmm. that, that's insane. And um, that week 11 uh, Titans game, there was week 11. That was right when he started rolling, when people started being like, Oh wow, look at this guy. That was in the beginning of when he went on that six to eight touchdown streak in three or four games or whatever it was. So I'm just, I just, I, and they kind of at that point knew who to key on on. Uh, they, you know, it was a little midway through the season. We didn't really have that many superstars. They kind of knew that. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm so excited. I can't say it enough. Let's just get, yeah, let's no. get, get this going. Same here, man. Same here. We got Emilio in the, in the hopper. Emilio, if you'll just hang tight, we're going to do one more play and then we'll bring you in here, buddy. We appreciate you hopping on with us and, uh, and calling in Emilio from what I understand is, about an hour and 20 minutes from where I'm at in Tennessee. We got these Packer fans in Tennessee coming out of the woodworks, and I love it, man. Um, last play here, Jacob. You can still see the screen, right? Yep. Um, all right. This is going to be a fourth and five. This is against the Eagles. We're down early. This is in the first quarter. Kind of a, a little bit of a gamble rather than trying to take that borderline. You know, you're within field goal range. They're down 13 to seven, fourth and five. And this is going to be an 11 gun empty Y left T boundary empty base flex is what many people call this empty base flex. Um, again, the T boundary simply means that us being in an 11 set, we've got a tied in in the play, one running back, one tied in. Here's your running back at the top. He's playing boundary. That's why the T boundary is in my play call, identifying that. And the, there's basically two concepts with this. You've got slay and you've got snag pick, okay? And for those of you you know don't know those uh, specific passing concepts, it's totally cool, but I want you to key in on what we call snag. OK, and snag concept is basically an in, inside receiver running a vertical route and the outside receiver on his on his outside shoulder running a shallow cross or a shallow drag. OK, now the pick is added in because it's going to be a little pick play. I want you to key in on the top of the screen here. OK, you're going to see basically uh, Aaron Jones is going to run a drag. Right. 
You're going to see Christian Watson stretch the field vertically with a skinny post. And then you're going to see this receiver here try to get a little pick play. It may have been Cobb. It may have been Torrey. I can't remember right off the bat. But that's what it's going to be, a slay snag pick is what I would call this. And it's going to be kind of a pick and sit. He's looking to pick on that play and be a safety valve to Aaron. Now, what they come out in, the defense is in a cover two zone. Okay, which basically means you got halves up top. You got two safeties up here. They're covering half the field deep, and then you've got five underneath zones down here. And what they're doing is they're playing the sticks on this fourth and five. Those five underneath are trying to protect them from getting that first down. So the weak spot in the defense is the seam unless they pay, play Tampa two, which means this mock would drop down the seam. So where's Christian Watson at? He's in the slot. He's right here, and he's going to run a skinny. Okay, let's watch him run this skinny uh, skinny post. Ball snapped. You see the uh, the pick play there up top and trying to cut that off for Aaron Jones. And you'll see Aaron Rodgers go right down the seam to Christian Watson. Look at Christian protecting the football. Aaron protects him by going throwing it behind him rather than trying to lead him into that hit. So a good, good throw by him. This is where it gets good on this other uh, view. All right, what I want you to key in on, you're going to see an X right here, Jacob. That's the backer. The read right here. Cobby's going to go out and pick and sit. You've got Aaron Jones is going to be running a drag route, and Aaron's read is this guy right here, this backer. What he's going to determine is if he flips his hips and goes with Christian Watson, the play goes to Aaron Jones. But when you see when we roll the tape here, he doesn't flip his hips. He stays underneath. We now know it's a cover two zone. Hammer that thing in there, protect your receiver, first down. That's a fourth down conversion right there. And, again, a pretty ball by Aaron going across the middle. I know he never throws across the middle, but here it is. <laughs> and beautiful conversion on fourth down there. Uh, what do you think about that one? Yeah, man, I just love that timing too. And, yeah, that's Cobb right up there. Um, I'm just watching that pick and sit. So you're saying that if – so if, say, uh, that that safety takes away Watson coming across the middle on the skinny, then he has the option to go back to Cobb or would he probably pull it down and throw it to the uh, Lazard coming around the opposite side? That's a great question. If we get to this point right here and Aaron looks and that safety is just, I mean, hammered down on Christian Watson and that throw ain't there, you can't go to Aaron Jones here because this backer's waiting on him. Here's your your uh, backside play. See yep. it right here? And, and that right there, I'm glad you said that. That's the slay concept. If you watch the slay concept is basically that inside guy, which is the tight end, I think it might be Tunyon. He's yep. going to run kind of that – it, with Slay, it's it's almost like you've got a quick out. It's not really an out. It's more of just kind of a shoot, like a running back shoot route. And then right here, I think with the official Slay concept, it's actually supposed to be a slant. But you can see as soon as they bump up right here and kind of close in, you're going to see uh, Alan Lazard kind of round that off. So to answer your question, if the safety really bots down on Christian Watson, he knows the drag isn't there, he's going to Alan Lazard right there. Yep. But he had already, like we said, he had already made the decision. And the reason he made that decision was this linebacker, again, what he sees is the safety stay on the shelf, linebacker clamps down, Aaron's going to hammer that ball in there for a first down. So right there, what you seen was him playing the slot and running a skinny post, which is still technically a vertical route like uh, Dara was talking about. So – as we wrap that up, as we sum that up, I'm going to bring in Emilio. And Emilio, we'll go to you in just a second, but we appreciate you hopping on. Um, basically, what you come away with in that six-play saturation, you had one jet reverse, right? And he, when he played the Z, he ran two routes, two of those six plays. He ran routes out of the Z. He ran the jet, right? And he ran a crosser. When he played X, he ran a go route. 
and he ran a crosser. And when he played slot, he ran a skinny post. And it matches up with all the numbers, everything percentage-wise. And we didn't try to do that. We just threw these together real quick. That's exactly what uh, Dara Carragher was talking about in the article. I think we got a promising future for uh, Christian Watson for sure. Now let's see if we can hear Emilio. We got him on the line. Emilio, how you doing, buddy? Uh-oh, make sure you're not muted, pal. He may have stepped away, too. We waited way too long. <laughs> just Yeah, just keep it audio only, brother. See if uh, see if you could talk there. All right, we'll try to go back to him here in a second. Emilio, you try to get the audio if you want to hop off and back on. And like I said, you don't have to worry about the camera. Just make sure the audio's on, and we'll see if uh, – We'll see if it'll come through the next time. I'm going to go ahead and close this other window out so we ain't got to worry about that. In the chat, we got Zane uh, hopped in here and said, what's up, Clayton and Jacob? Back with another one. Go, Pat, go. Appreciate you hanging out with us, brother. And then also in the chat, we have got Chad Inc. He says, uh, Watson does a great job of stacking the cornerback on that play. Absolutely. Now, I don't know which play you were talking about, but he he changes the whole dynamic of the defense. That's for sure, man. When you got a guy with that kind of frame and that kind of speed, I mean, it's uh, – it's a game changer, dude. He's a freak. It's funny because his mom said that on the podcast. You know, when we had her on, we had Chris on. She said, I told him, look, you know what you can do. There's nobody else in the league that's built like you. There's nobody else in the league. You are a freak. Go do what you know you can do. And uh, we'll see if Emilio can hop back on here in just a second. It may be connection issues. Let's see right here. All right, Emilio, let's see what you got, bro. Can you hear me? Got there you, go. man. How you doing? I'm good, fellas. How are you? Oh, we're doing good, man. We're doing good. It's a, it's a little bit choppy, but I'm sure it's on my end, man. Uh, appreciate no. you, appreciate no. you calling in, man. We both got the holler over here, right? We're running the extension <laughs> cords. <laughs> you got it, man. You got it. What's uh, what's on your mind, dude? I know you're down there. You're, you're down around Maryville. Is that right? Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, gotcha. Land, lawn care landscaping, you know, got, got the headphones in all the time. So I appreciate you both pumping out the content, you know. Absolutely, man. That, that's what really drew me to Ryan's podcast and his network, man, was because I'm always out there on the ground, always listening to podcasts. And the fact that he did one every day, man, it really it, it, it pulled me into his uh, to his podcast for sure. Um, what do you want to talk about today, Emilio? What's uh, what do you think and do? First of all, you may have seen some of that Christian Watson stuff. Uh, if not, what's on your mind? Yeah, it was I was taking a peek at Christian Watson. You know, uh, I'm excited about you know, what, what the future holds for him, get him a couple other weapons, you know, take a little bit of pressure off his back. Cause we, you know, we were expecting a lot from him, you know, last year. So, I mean, I'm excited for that. I know you're going to dig into the play callers. Once you said that um, on the, uh, on that uh, podcast earlier, I, I popped that in when I was mowing, man, I listened to all five episodes and it just replayed again. And I just started digging in. I started jotting down notes and I was just that one. I, I know you're going to get into it later, but the one about RG three and all oh. the coaches sat down with him and went through all of every single one of his college plays. I'm wondering if Matt LaFleur maybe dug into something like that with Jordan love. And let's just take one or two of those, just one of those, two of those that he just absolutely kills and bring it into our offense kind of yes. grow from there. And what's crazy, we kind of had something built like that into this offense with Aaron Rodgers. And you're thinking, no, we didn't. He never ran a read option. Right. But what he had was the backside RPO. And that forces them to play a little more balance, which opens up the strong side wide zone. Right. But with Jordan Love, if we do drift away from the RPO a touch and they do throw in a backside read option away from the strong side of the formation, dude, he's got the wheels to run that read option. Now, he he's not RG3 speed. I know you would agree with that. But what we have yeah. is – that subtle quickness, and if you catch enough people out of position, 
um, you know, it can be it can be deadly. And what you said about RG3 and how they they hammered that. First of all, Jacob, what they said on there was we were trying to learn his college offense. Right. We're trying to learn about the read option. And then on top of that, we wanted to know how much he knew about protections, things like that. And then I love that they made him put a play in and why they did it. It really goes hand in hand with all of these coaches from this coaching tree. Why, you know, what did Matt LaFleur do with Aaron Rodgers? He sat down with Aaron Rodgers and they built an offense together. Yeah, you know, Sean McVay in LA, he goes to the Super Bowl, gets his butt handed to him by Bill Belichick. They get rid of golf. Why? Because he wanted Matthew Stafford. I remember the exact quote. He said, I wanted a partner at quarterback, not a pupil because he wanted somebody he could build an offense around. And that, that started all the way back with Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan did the same thing with RG3. And, and you remember, Emilio, what he said was, we wanted you to put that – you know why I had you put that play in? And he said, yep. uh, yeah, because hmm. I ran it for He said, no, because we knew you would own it. We knew you would make it work. And RG3 said, you're right. There ain't no way I was letting that play fail because that was my play, Right. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's how and that's how Kyle felt on every single play he puts into his playbook. So you can only imagine what Matt LaFleur is thinking, you know, day in and day out when he's in that in that cubicle, you know, cranking out our offense, man. You know, I'm excited. Yeah, dude. It's it's gonna be really, really cool. And as much as we don't, you know, we're kind of we're drifting into the unknown when it comes to Jordan Love. Also, other defenses don't know what we're going to do, right? They don't know if we're going to add in a little read look. If if they came out in some pistol, I would lose my mind because how they utilize the outside zone with that pistol formation, it, the way that came about, Jacob, I don't know if you heard that part, but Kyle Shanahan basically said, when I started studying up on the read option, I noticed that – Whichever side the running back was on, they started attacking the mesh point, meaning if you run a read option with a a sidecar left, meaning the running back's on the left, they would just attack the left side, and you could take away that read option, beat them to the punch, attack the mesh point. But what he said was, well, I'll put us in a pistol, and they'll never be able to do that because it's a balanced look. That running back's directly behind the shotgun. So just good stuff. Can I tell you a quick funny story about that uh, RG3 in the Washington team that year? Yeah, absolutely. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I thought it was 2012 when he was that splashed on the scene and everybody was talking about RG3. They came mm-hmm. to Lambeau to play us that year. Tony and I, Tony from the Packernet podcast, the fantasy podcast, me and him have been best friends for a long time. He used to work for a separate company that get uh, got great tickets, box suite tickets, Pepsi suite tickets, um, top of the top. That was right after they renovated Lambeau. So me and him, you know, we get all sauced up. We drive over there. We have our tickets. I make the sign that says RG, this big, big, massive sign, big black letters that says RG3 sits when he pees. And I'm so <laughs> proud of this thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm walking around, you know, Lambo taking pictures with everybody doing shots, of course, drinking and all. And uh, I get separated from Tony and I get um, security allows me to walk up there. Cause I, he's got these like VIP, you know, massive tickets and they get us together and, yeah, Tony runs out before I walk into the, the press suite box area or whatever. And he's like, no, 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 no. Put that thing away. Put that thing away. And I'm like, why? It's a great sign. I spent so much time. <laughs> he's like, RG3's father, mother, and wife are in the box sharing it with us. And I was like, oh, you're kidding me. He's like, you want to throw it away or should I? I'm like, I'll do it. And I you oh know, throw God. it away. Long story short, I ended up sitting there. Um, his father was the nicest guy I've ever met in my whole life. His wife was super nice. We took a picture. I still have the picture. I, I look like the, 
I've got the dumbest look on my face with Tony and me and his wife and his, his father in this picture. And anyways, I, I became an RJ3 fan after that day because his dad was so unbelievably nice. It was hard not to root for him. But Yeah, he's he's a legend, man. They any Anybody who talks about RG3's father, they, they talk about him like he's just, he you know, he's just a, a great guy. Um, yeah. Really the whole family. I like RG3 too. I really do. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Milio, you're down there just south of Knoxville. Are you a Vols fan? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I haven't been to a game yet, but, but, uh, yeah, go Vols. Got to root for them. All right. Got you. Maybe we need to do that, man. I haven't been to Neyland stadium since they played Notre Dame and like, God, it was forever ago. It was, it was in the early two thousands. So maybe we need to get together and go watch a UT game. Um, I'm not a big UT yeah, fan, me... but I love that environment, that atmosphere, man. It's awesome down there. Oh yeah, it's and and when uh, when that uh, field goal post went into the river, you know it went for a swim. So uh, it's uh, they don't mess around. Oh, dude, Jacob, did you hear the story about that when they when they carried the post into the river from the Bama game? Yeah, I lived in Nashville for five years, um, so that word got spread for quite a while about that one. Well, they when they carried it into the river, if I remember correctly, which which game was it where they actually marked it on Google Maps? Did you hear about this, Emilio? <laughs> I'm not sure. They somebody, if you went to Google, like Google Maps, you could Google right there around, you know, pull up the map, the satellite image right down there around Neyland. And they actually had a pin dropped in the river and said this is where the go post is. That's yeah. what <laughs> if they lost it, they could find it there. Oh, I love it, dude. I love it. You got anything else before we let you go, man? I appreciate you hopping on with us, dude. No, man, I appreciate it. I, the, I'm, I'm just excited for uh, for what Matt LaFleur is going to bring. I know you're going to dig into it later on, but, uh, man, I'd be excited. Maybe a little uh, full house, but uh, keep Christian outside, bring the two tight ends in, maybe two running backs or something, kind of rotate. I'm just I'm excited for, for what's to come, man. Hey, dude, break out the T formation, dude. Pull out all the Yeah, stuff. yeah hey. let's get the power sweep back in there. Yeah, let's remind everyone that we're finishing last in the NFC North this year. I don't want any of these people that were screaming it two months ago to be able to back off on it. No, you all said we're finishing last. We're playing with the house's money, baby. Let's go out there and yeah. have some fun. Yeah. So, I got one more thing. The uh, when I when I go to get mulch, the the lady that runs the the mulch company, she's a Bears fan, and uh, every yeah. time I go there, I bring it up to her. And I cannot wait for this season to start, man. Oh, my God. Week one, <laughs> you'll still be mowing. You'll still be picking up mulch. You'll be able to talk um, a little trash. That's the truth. Oh, I love it. Dude. I love it. Bro, we appreciate you hopping on with us. We're going to let you go. We got Andy Monday hopping on here. Dude, you, anytime we go live, that that uh, that link will be in the, in, the, uh, in the chat over there. You hop on and chat football with us, dude. I appreciate it, fellas. Thank you, guys. Yeah, man. Have, Have a good one. night, buddy. All right, that was Emilio in Tennessee. Awesome, awesome dude, man. He's been messaging me and emailing with me forever. Uh, great questions, uh, great ideas, great comments, everything. <clears throat> That's what's so cool about this. Not just being a Packer fan, but being you know more specifically being part of the Packernet Podcast Network, man. Everybody's just freaking awesome. It's like one big family. So let's bring in the, uh, the crazy uncle, Uncle Andy here. This is Andy in Kansas. Andy, how you doing, bub? Hi, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, how are things going out there in Kansas? You still stuck in Kansas? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was stuck in uh, uh, New York City last last early part of the week. We had gone out for an event out in Delaware, <clears throat> and ended up getting uh, our connector flight back to Kansas City got uh, uh, messed up, 
so we had to spend an extra night in, in New York City. So I, I was able to listen to the Tony Mandrich interview, but I haven't gone to the uh, the one you guys are just talking about with the five coaches. I haven't gone got just gotcha. listened to that yet. What was your what was your quick takeaway? Just you know, just one or two minutes from the Tony Mandrich interview because it me doing the interview it caught me off guard. I didn't know what we were going to talk about. I knew the the direction I wanted to steer it in, and things got real real quick, man. But what did you think about it? Um, you know. Because to me, he, like I said, he surprised me, man. It, it just, I was expecting it to be someone who was kind of cocky, someone who was arrogant and, you know, kind of made all these bad decisions and blah, blah, blah. And then I got on talking to him. And I'm like, this is not what I expect at all. This dude is so humble and just appreciative of kind of having that second chance at life. But what, what was your takeaway generally? I've been thinking about it for the last few days. I've, I've even been talking about it to, uh, to a few of my boys. Just go listen to this because this, this really – the attitude really matters. I think that uh, he made it, maybe not in the same words, but he was lying to himself during the first part of his career. So I think to people who, who haven't listened to it, they should listen to it because if you only know that this guy was, you know, a bust or a fake or however you want to call it, and he calls himself that, so I'm not right, dissing right. him more. Okay. If you think that that's it, you're also lying to yourself now. <laughs> Two yep. wrongs don't make a right. Okay. Absolutely. Um, uh, three lefts make a right, but that's another story. Um, so, yeah, two wrongs don't, don't make a right there. And I think that's important to know that we're never going to have Tony Mandrich, the football prospect, on our field. We're not going to have that ever again. So if you're holding out for Tony Mandrich to somehow undo his Mandrichness that we had in 1989 to 1992, get over that and instead understand that we could have Tony Mandrich, the Packers fan, not only be, you know, be part of the fandom, but I really enjoyed and thank you very much for suggesting that he be part of the 2025 NFL draft. Who was it? Uh, was it last year or the year before somebody made, a speech before they read a draft pick. I can't remember who it was. And I don't even remember what the topic was, but he kind of gave a kind of like a personal speech type thing. Gosh, I'm forgetting the name. I just have a little image of this in my mind. Anyway, it's, it's not like it hasn't been done before for somebody to go on stage before they read a pick. And that's what I think of. I think of him not just being around, but being a draft pick reader. I think that would be pretty cool because he has a message for a lot of people, yeah. not just players, but a lot of fans, people in general who struggle with struggles, addiction, all that kind of stuff. When, when you have something big going on, like um, either having a chance to talk to a, a crowd or having a chance to revisit with longtime friends, I've, I've basically come down to when you talk with these people or this one individual, you should say your thank yous, tell your stories, and make your apologies. And if you have yeah. the opportunity to, to, to do all three of those things in one sitting, you are very honest. You're very honest in all three of those things. Okay? Tell your stories. Think, you know, getting together with college, high school friends or whatever. Tell your stories, make your thank yous. Say thank you about things that you never did before because you probably were not mature enough to realize you should have been thankful 
Yeah. And then make your apologies and make your apologies because you're to the point in your life where um, forgiveness is something that's lacking in most people's lives. They want to sweep things under the rug. No, that's immature. They want to, you know, give people the opportunity to say, look, I could hold this against you, but I'm not going to. I'm going to free you from the guilt that is there. And I think listening to Tony's interview, um, and, and, you know, as much as, as much as people talk about forgiving yourself, there's something beyond that when somebody else does that forgiving. <clears throat> when I was listening to it, I was thinking of the biblical account of the prodigal son which has two really important parts to that. Number one, when the, the, the son who ran off with all his riches because he wanted to do exactly what he wanted to do, squandered all of it in wild living. That's how the, the biblical account goes. He fed pigs, which was a huge insult to Jewish people, just being in that situation. And the, and the, 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 the account says, and when he came to his senses, you know, he realized how bad situations were that's the phrase they used it wasn't just that he was out of money it actually says when he came to his senses which means there's something a conscience in you that says i can't be doing this anymore and then therefore he goes back home not to say well you have to accept me i'm your son he goes back and asks to be a servant in his household because he doesn't deserve anything better and the second part of that is his father sees him from a far way off because he's been looking for him. This kid who, who left and squandered the money and wasted it. He, the father was looking for the son the whole time. And in many ways, now, Packers fans can say, look, we can look for somebody who's out there who understands that he screwed up and say, come to the draft. You know, you know it's not the same <laughs> as the people who come, but there's a, it breaks down, right? We're not God here, which is what that story is really about. But, you know, we can say, hey, I would like to see a, a poll. If anybody can do a poll for this, I suppose I can, but uh, who would you rather sit down and watch a game with? Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, or Tony Mandridge? Oh, wow. I don't think yeah. it's, I don't think it's a competition right now. Really? You know, uh, I don't think too many people are going to want to, I don't think they want to buddy up with Brett Favre and just in chat. I think people are kind of like, I don't know about that guy now, yeah. you know, but if you had your choice, like that, that would be interesting because I think I, I think you would hear honest things out of him, because I'm not sure yeah. if you'd hear honest things out of the other two. I don't know. Right, and you know, as you were talking about that, the first thing that came to mind, I heard a quote here recently, and it said, "At some point in your life, you had the last conversation with someone, and you didn't even realize it was going to be the last conversation." Man, that hit yeah. me hard. I was like, "Whoo." Maybe I need to control that temper a little bit more. I think you hit the nail on the head, dude. That's the first thing that popped yeah. in my mind as you were talking about that. But, dude, we yeah. we appreciate you uh, hopping on. I'm glad to hear your feedback on the Tony Mandarich um, yeah. interview. It's, again, like Ryan kind of alluded to, it, it was totally unexpected how everything's turned out. But um, I've had so many people reach out to me and go, dude, thank you. Thank you for that interview. I needed to hear that. I had no idea that was a story. Uh, you know, some people it's, you know, hey, this has helped me personally. I've got a family member that's dealing with the same type of stuff. Maybe I need to be a little more compassionate with them. I know that that definitely hits home with me because my family has been riddled with addiction um, for pretty much yeah. all my life. 
And uh, like I told him on the pod, you know, I lost my mother to uh, overdose uh, back in 2020. Yep. So exactly. as he's talking, it's hitting me and I'm going, man, this was not expected. But here we are. I was thinking he's going to get on here and be like, man, I, you know, I made some mistakes, but I was a hoss. I could block. I could, you know, nah, it wasn't it at all. Uh, but we appreciate you uh, kind of giving your your take on it, man. And mm-hmm. we're at the uh, the one hour and seven minute mark. So we'll let you go. We appreciate you hopping on. I'll get uh, kind of some parting thoughts from Jacob, and we'll get out of this joint. But we appreciate sure. you, Andy. Thank you so much for sharing, Bob. Yep. Thanks for doing the Watson breakdown. I have some thoughts about that some other time. Awesome. Yeah, sounds right. good, dude. We'll catch you next time for sure. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. See you, buddy. Thanks, Andy. Again, that was Andy in Kansas. Love it. Dude. Love our listeners. Love our fellow uh, fans. But as we wrap this bear up, we went a little bit overboard, but that's okay. I mean, anytime you're talking Christian Watson and and the the future of the Packers, and you get into some of that stuff about Tony Mandrich and everything, it's uh it's hard to hang up, man. Again, I gotta I gotta do another stream at nine o'clock with Dusty. So um, and then I gotta go downstairs and try to save my marriage, like I always yeah. do, right? Because I've been up here all day. <laughs> but Jacob, you got any parting thoughts, man? It can be on anything we talked about. It could be, you know, like I said, Christian Watson, um, maybe some of the stuff that you've already heard with that uh, play callers podcast. Or uh, even Tony Mandrich, anything, anything you want to chat about before we get off here? Man, I mean, like I said, I'm just, I'm really excited for Christian Watson. I think that I go up and down with whether or not I think people are sleeping on him. I think that right now people are definitely sleeping on him. After watching that, after seeing what the compliment of our new young receivers with the tight ends, if they are, if they're allowing that kind of production, I should say, out of an offense, I would argue last year that, I'm, I mean, it really wasn't that that not that special um and if we really have some of those pieces that are plugging and playing it's a completely different offense with an offensive line that i think can only get better uh with elton getting more healthy with myers getting more uh, experience i have to think that those guys are going to be taking in a little more responsibility on their shoulders saying that we have a young quarterback we need to protect him we have to produce in the running game we have to become a little bit more maulers type and then we have these young receivers and i feel like that we've uh i, I don't know if you've touched on it but them being out in california there yeah. was a, a big group of them, about five, six, seven of them all together, getting that timing down, getting that camaraderie going. And that is so important. Um, I, I mean, just really, really excited to see that. And then getting into that podcast, I don't want to even spoil it because I know you're going to be talking about it with Dusty, but I'm telling you, dude, it was it was cool just to hear stuff like from Robert Salah, how he's connected into that, how the wide nine came to be. Um, going back into how just I thought Kyle Shanahan was just a silver spoon, you know what? And I, right. it's uh, it's interesting right. to see that honestly, he's it sounds like the guy's more of a, a hard, you know what, than his dad was. Seems like he's a perfectionist to the point of where um, you had the piss boys. That's a funny little oh my know, God, part dude. of it. I'll let you, we, I don't have to get into it, but I'm only, like I said, starting into episode four. Um, and I'm, I find myself more interested into this and I'm, I'm usually one of those guys where if it's not fully Packers stuff, I, I kind of float away. I turn off yeah. this. I was way more interested in granted. It does pepper in Packers, Matt LaFleur constantly. So you're kind of rooting for him and you want to hear how the story evolves. I don't know. Do they end up getting to the Matt LaFleur a little more in depth later? Um, not, not a whole lot with LaFleur. Um, it just kind of, of if, course they if I had to say, I would say, I would say he's a little more involved. Well, no, I would say he was the least involved of the four coaches, but that's okay though. You still you got plenty of sound bites from him, and really the story was kind of geared around you know like everything is the success and the failures, the failures in Washington that led to them going to their own different routes and everything, and then the success of McVay, which some people still like to bash McVay, but that's the youngest head coach to ever win a Super Bowl, and he's been to two already. 
So just the young, youngest head coach. I'm, they said he was 30 years old when he got. That's me five years ago. I was easy, bro. <laughs> if you put me in charge of a football team at 30, <laughs> oh, and just imagine, like you said, being able to walk into a locker room and talk to a guy that you're younger than and get his respect. Like, I'm going to show you how to play football. It's like, right. I love okay. that voice too, man. You nailed that voice, by the way. That's, that's my Sean McVay. Yeah, classic it, Sean. Dude, it's yeah. The everything now. If you guys are going to listen to it, make sure there's no kids in the car because there's some colorful. Yeah, language. I was surprised too. They've got like this really. It's like this weird, <laughs> like this uh, PBS kind of like. Hey, we, we, they're breaking the formation. And then all of a sudden, like the announcer F-bomb, lady starts F bomb, F bomb, F bombs, F bombs, S bomb, and you're like, what yeah. just happened? Yeah, but and that's great. that's Kyle Shanahan. Cool. He's a madman, dude. And and again, I kind of agree with you. Um, going in, my my perception of him was kind of like that whole. Well, you've been around with fo- your your dad was a head coach your whole life, and blah blah blah. And then when you heard you heard him kind of tell his story, or other people really tell his story of how he worked himself up and worked his way up the ranks, and and just how he's a psycho, dude. Like a psycho. The way, and we're gonna get off after this. The way that they said he drew on his whiteboard, the plays. And, and basically, if I understood correctly, and I may be misunderstanding it, but it sounds like he drew a play, and then he drew it, say, in black ink, right, or in black marker. And then in green marker, he would draw, okay, if they do this, then how do we beat this defense? This defense will shut this play down, right? So now in green, what route combination would beat this defense? And then, okay, well – this defense would shut down both of those. So now in red, he would draw the route combination that beats that defense. And that, and that's like just that overlaying effect. I cannot tell you how much that connected with me. And it made me feel like, okay, I'm not that big of a dork. Other people are trying to think like this right now. I would never be on the level of those guys, but that's kind of when you look at basically when the West coast offense was created by Bill Walsh, you're attacking space. Right. And they talk about this in the in the podcast. Well, okay, the name of the game is attacking space and defending space. And like Robert Sala said, what he learned in, um, you know, with the Legion of Boom and and that cover three zone, you can't cover all the space. So what do you do? You move the space and you move the pressure and you try to catch them in vulnerable spots. It's just I freaking love football, dude. That's all I know. It's it's got me. It's got me. By the freaking soul. I love it, dude. Love it. So, Jacob, I appreciate you jumping on, dude. We went a little long, but it's always fun, man. Get on here and talk ball. It's hard to hang out. 11 days. I I really appreciate your time, man. What's that? 11 days. My man. You want to say it? You want to say it or no? You want, or do you want to, what do you want? If you want to say it, take the floor. If not, we'll wrap this thing up. No, man. I'm not doing it yet. I got you, dude. All right. Whoo. I love it. (laughs) All right, we're out of here, guys. Thank you all for hanging out in the chat. Uh, For those of you listening on the podcast, we appreciate you making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go Pack Go. For Jordan Love. 37, here he is throwing in the middle. It's caught by Watson. He's got great speed. Turning the corner, Christian Watson down the sideline, and he will score. one is the stunner you basically feel like all right this eagles team sort of has this thing under control and then christian watson hits the jets again six touchdowns now in the last three games 
He is really something. When he gets in the open field and running, that was some throw by Jordan Love, too.